This is the second part of the first episode of the Management Consultant series. Be sure to check the first part of this uh, first episode in where we discuss what does a management consultant do, which are the key companies in the consulting industry, internal versus external consulting companies, and more. Keep listening to the second part to learn about what are the key skills to be a successful management consultant and what a day in the life of a consultant looks like. Okay, Orestes, wrapping up this internal versus external, which is quite interesting. My guess is that there are skills that are common in both types of companies, right? That are very important for any management consultant. What are these skills? Or what do you need to be a management consultant? Yes, that's right. So the skills would be common to both. Uh, and there's a number of them. And uh, again, this is where I think that the you know the MBA program itself, both of the classwork and also the extramural uh, activities that uh, people are involved in are really helpful to help you develop that. And of course, when if you're interested in consulting, you should look for those opportunities to develop these uh, skills because it won't just be It'll be the whole program, whether it's the class or projects you can do uh, or summer schools or, or group works. There's always an opportunity to to develop and train these skills, uh, especially if you've not worked in consulting before. That's the idea of the MBA. So you can do that. So some of them we can run through, uh, you know, clearly uh, being analytical and having uh, analytical reasoning, being able to analyze things is a key skill of a consultant, right? So if you're given a problem or goal or an objective, um, that you can understand it. So you need to structure this question or this goal properly so that you can understand it. And then also be able to analyze, you know, uh, prioritize what is important, um, what do I need to include, what should be in scope and out of scope, which are the most important factors that are helping me to achieve the goal or things that I really need to focus on if I want to solve the problem that I've been given, right? And this needs analytical skill. And in the, your, your MBA or master program, you know, you have this uh, whenever you get an assignment or questions that you asked to analyze, to prioritize, right? To, to put a rating onto something or to uh, understand it. So that's one of the key things. And also I would say is that um, the ability to do research, to gather information is going hand in hand with analysis, right? So being able to do proper research, gather data, structure the data, analyze the data, in, and then find a conclusion from that, get to a result. Those are all the key skills, right? So you'll find that analysis is important, the ability to structure uh, things, to structure problems, or to structure information is also a key skill. Uh, as would be uh, problem solving, right? So in the, the nature of a job of a consultant is that you've given a project or mission that is going to be quite challenging and it's not something that people have been able to do maybe on a day-to-day -day basis or it's a challenge or problem that the company doesn't deal with very often or maybe not at all. So it's going to be something challenging you're going to work on, right? So you need to have a good way to solve problems to understand really the, the in a short space of time the crux or the gist of what is really important and uh, how do you go and solve the problem because very often you're not going to be given uh, a very clear instruction there's no clear path on what to do right so being able to 
work in a team and being able to you know do the proper analysis and the structuring is then going to all come into and you know, can we how do we solve a problem and you need to have the solution mindset of we know this is challenging maybe it's not done before or it's um you know complex uh, complicated problem but that you have a methodology in a way from a behavioral perspective in your behavior in your mindset but also in how you approach things that you you know you can be good at problem solving right and you can deal with that quite easily so that's kind of a trait i would say as much as a skill to solve problems so some people avoid problems right or you feel stress or anxiety that doesn't work if you're if you're a consultant because as a professional you've been asked to come in to help you know uh, the other kind of skills that are important i would say is more on the behavioral side or the interaction side so this is like the client engagement for example you know how do you engage with the client uh, you know preparing for a meeting uh, having good questions to ask understanding their priorities uh, taking their input you know being able to challenge a client uh, on certain things challenge their thinking to bring innovative solutions to the table to be able to convince your clients of your recommendations and of your views of your ideas that all involves um, you know influencing skills it involves communication skills both verbal nonverbal uh, you know and written uh, oral skills these are all very important right because again Although you work on a project, you do analytical work. There's a you know, big part of the work is being able to present the findings and have the findings accepted, uh, and uh, and also you know making an impact it involves that connection, right? That you understand the mission, but then also that you're able to uh, communicate your recommendation or communicate your plan of action and have this accepted. So that's a key uh, skill in itself, and also that what goes with this is teamwork. So a critical skill of consultants is ability to work in teams. So a consultant is not an individual job or a solo kind of work. It's very much about part of a team. You might have a project partner that's involved. You would normally have a project manager or an assignment manager or engagement manager that would lead the team and kind of be the, the, the spokesperson for the team. But it's, you know, it's then about how do you come together plan the work, support each other, share ideas, challenge each other's thinking, giving feedback to your colleagues, uh, helping to develop the solution, make it better. You know, all of those things, the value comes from working in a team. And this is where, you know, in the, a lot of the workshops that I teach and also when I was an MBA student, is that uh, one of the number one feedbacks I get uh, is that, you know, the group works are quite challenging and, you know, you have a team and there's different roles or there's different motivations and there's different things in the team. So I would say that the best opportunity you have to develop this is actually in the MBA work groups, right? In the master work groups that you get put into, um, you know, and work on, and work together and get assigned to. And, you know, that is a good training. It's a good development because people are diverse. We have different views. We have different working styles. We have different preferences. We have a lot of differences, diversity. And that adds a lot to a consulting project. That's the value of having a team, you know, and not just having 10 people working individually on different things. So teamwork, critical. And uh, what I would also add to this, and this is maybe not so much a skill, also more of a trait, is business acumen. So, you know, you need to, yes, it's a skills-based job, but to really be successful, you need to bring this general understanding and a general sense of business 
of strategy, of marketing, of finance, of HR, you know, the market itself, knowing the industry, and what are the key trends, all of this together, this is what I refer to as business acumen. So, uh, you know, coming out of a business school, you'll be in a great position, of course, to, to do that. And you should, you know, have this well-rounded view. So you should also be, a, you know, you need to be a business expert as well as a consultant, right? And it doesn't mean that you know everything about everything, but doing your research, you know, knowing the company that you're going to be doing the project for, uh, you know, in the business school, knowing about key trends like digitalization, right? Um, like organizational transformation, digitalization of the workforce, um, key trends, environmental sustainability concerns. Like these are all things that, you know, you need to bring to the table and also have those basic understandings that you learn in an MBA, you know, like in finance, what is an income statement and a balance sheet and a marketing strategy and a budget. And, you know, you expect it to know all of those things and be able to apply it in a real life situation. So you, you still need to have that content knowledge, but you're not expected to know like specific things, but you need to bring that uh, to the table. So, you know, if I have to, uh, you know, summarize the section, I would say that it's also the uh, the synthesis that you bring at the end of the day. So you can take all of these things together. How do you combine it and make it work in a comprehensive way and do things at the right time, but having all of these skills individually and also being able to, you know, bring them together and then work in a team, work on a project, execute the, the work streams and the tasks, and then, you know, present, the, have the deliverables and de present the deliverables. Uh, those are you know, key skills to have. Would you say there is a kind of people that would enjoy uh, more this, uh, this kind of job? Or, uh, like, I can imagine, for example, you have to be a people's guy. You have to like people, right? Yes, I would say, I would say so. Definitely, you know, to a degree. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's a job for extroverted people necessarily. So um, there's no one personality trait that would, determine what makes a good consultant because I've worked with excellent consultants that have, you know, the whole range of traits, personality traits, right? But what I would say is that it's definitely a role that's suited to people who want to have a dynamic and a diverse uh, and kind of a flexible work environment because you're working on a team, you're working with deadlines, you're working with some pressures, uh, it's important work that you're doing. It's going to be seen by senior people and has a big impact on the company. And, you know, that obviously brings a certain kind of working mode, right, for, for one thing. And on the other hand, it's also then uh, looking at how does the, the role itself change? Because you could be on a project and you have a, a team and a client and a mission and a project content that is one setup. And that project can end. In the very next project, everything could be totally different. So you could have a different project partner, which is effectively you, you know, your your manager or your boss, you can say. So you could have a different manager. You could have a different project manager. Everything could be different. The client, the business, the function, the um, type of project can change, right? And this is making the work interesting. So if people like to have different goals, different roles to play, different things to work on all the time, consulting is really an, a great option because it gives you that. You won't just be in one department uh, working on one role for the next three years. 
right? This is very much within every three to six months, you will have, everything will change. Now, of course, that, you know, that needs some flexibility. So maybe a key skill we can add is you need to be very flexible in yourself in terms of your ability to learn, uh, form relationships with people, uh, you know, change your focus to a different goal, uh, getting to understand uh, different client priorities, you know, all of these, how do you adapt? So your ability to be flexible and adaptable with every project that is changing, with every uh, mission that is different, that is a key skill and or not a skill, also like a trait and, and something that you and yourself need to know, does that work for you or not? Because it's very rewarding in one way that you learn a lot and you get diverse exposure, you have a high impact, on the projects, but you need to know that you'll have to adapt and also develop the skill of how do you change and how do you adapt to new contexts and projects and teams because you're going to have to recreate this on every new project that you work on. Anyways, beyond that, all the change in the environment, I guess there are some anchoring frameworks you can use and use again. Yes, they are, you know, so it's very much, I, I, I would agree with that. I think it's a very much about having a, it's a skill on how you do this, but also remi- remember that the company that you work for, is still the same. You know? So the organization, you still work for the same consulting company. So that's always common. Um, it's just that your immediate day-to-day will be different. Mm-hmm. So what looks like a day in the life of a consultant? What's your day-to-day? Uh, what time do you wake up? Uh, what kind of uh, interactions do you have? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's also a nice question. And I think, uh, you know, it's also in the business schools, it's very often coming up, people hear about consulting and um, you know, people want to join consulting firms, but uh, it's it's not so easy to know what is actually happening there, right? So this is uh, this is a nice question, and you know the way I would uh, explain it is more like what is the what is the week in the life of a consultant? Because normally, I find that every week uh, is different. So you might work on something for the span of a week, uh, the same thing, and maybe a few days would be similar, but almost every week can be something different. So uh, what you would find is that you would uh, normally start in the morning, you know, the same. Uh, time most corporate companies you know maybe 8 a.m uh, 8 between 8 and 9 a.m that would be quite typical and then uh, you know so depending on how you're working you would go into your own uh, office or you would go into your client's office and you would have uh, normally a shared office that you would share with your team so the two other two or three people that you are working with uh, and then you would look at your agenda right because what you find is that every week and every day you would have um you know, for example, a project uh, meeting or project alignment. So who is working on what? What is the current status? What are the deadlines that we're working towards? What is the progress that has happened? So it's very typical in the morning to have this kind of first alignment to say, okay, everyone on the team, what are we doing? What are we working on? What are the key things now? Are there any questions or are there any roadblocks? You know, so you have this kind of um, team a meeting. And then from there, you would see that you would have your own work stream or work streams to work on. So you could have potentially one or two or three different uh, tasks that you're doing. So it could be that you're helping to uh, organize a workshop as part of the project with the client and some team members. It could be that you're helping to develop um, maybe an organogram, organizational structure uh, for your client's department. Uh, and then there could be something else maybe involving uh, 
you know, the design of a digital product or digital tool that's going to support this initiative, right? So you could have these kind of different work streams. And you would look at your calendar, very typical to have calls, you know, talking to people, either to get information uh, or to run a project um, call that you would have kind of people giving updates and, and getting that input, right? And uh, in between that, you will then be actually working on the content yourself. So this is where it's more individually focused, so you would be creating this, uh, you would be preparing this workshop and you would be looking at the structure of it. So maybe your colleagues would help you with the structure and what works in the past, getting input from different people, but it would be your job, for example, to put all that together. And it's up to you then. So you have a lot of job freedom, right? A lot of flexibility because you can decide how you want to prepare, what you think is best. You can research different methodologies of how to do that. If you've attended a training, you can use that material. So then it's up to you how you do it. And then from there, you would normally have uh, you know, like a lunch meeting with a team or with a client. So it's quite typical to also maintain relationships over lunch when people have a break. And then uh, you know, at different times of the week, you could also have a meeting with uh, your project partner who's uh, you know, kind of overview steering the project and uh, you know, going there and giving an update and also receiving feedback and also getting a general direction uh, on the project so that they're informed and you can also then get input from... Uh, from their side, you know, so it's quite a dynamic uh, job and you would continue. So during the day you could have calls, you could have meetings, uh, you would work on the content, whether it's slides or, or you know, Word document that you, you're working on in terms of the, the mission that you're working on the work stream. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you would continue typically quite late into the evening, right? So you would find that also in the evening, this is when there's less calls and less meetings taking place and, uh, you know, then then that's when normally there's uh, you know also a chance to to work on things, and depending if there's a deadline for the next day or things are being finalized, then it, it could go quite late into the the evening sometimes you know depending. Uh, but uh, normally not so late. Like an in internal consulting, it would not be you know that late. Maybe around uh, potentially maybe uh, you know eight p.m. nine p.m. That would be maybe some some days. It depends. It, it does vary quite a lot. Uh, some days could be 7 p.m. It would just depend. But in general, in consulting, um, you know, if there's deadlines to be met, then it, it could be quite a long day uh, as well. So it all depends. Okay. Does your team work long hours as well? Yeah. So normally, it's um, the, all the work streams are spread quite evenly uh, across the team. So then uh, you would find that yeah, people are normally staying together and uh, working together. So this is the typical case. And, uh, you know, that's also then from a project management perspective, you know, how uh, this is organized. So what I can say is, and if you think about, you know, the concept of the team, so like work content, for example, uh, can vary quite a lot. So you could have, you know, different colleagues working on research, producing management presentation or slides or findings or, or uh, strategic planning that's taken place. You could be developing a budget or developing a business case or doing a financial analysis uh, of a company or of a business unit. It could be the workshop facilitation, which I've mentioned, which is happening quite a lot in consulting that you need to either share information or gather information from groups of people. And workshops are the, the best way to do that uh, in a short time frame. It could be creating you know, media materials, uh, press releases, for example, or websites or videos that support the project. This could also be happening could be helping to prepare con you know, conferences or, or, or events, uh, organizational planning, 
such as uh, designing organograms or you know assisting with uh, role definition uh, that can happen as well or product development you know product roadmaps can also be uh, you know there so there's really a, a wide range of uh, possible uh, tasks and uh, you know you could be working on any one of these uh, things and then the team so one person would normally own one uh, of these content tasks you know so one person would work on the slides another person would be preparing a workshop where the other person would be doing the uh, maybe the business case development right so then that's how it would be split but on a way that uh, it's quite even in terms of hours that are worked mm-hmm. and then then you have to fit a traveling as well right yeah exactly so if um if there are projects where there's travel involved, then uh, this is more from uh, my MBA classmates and my colleagues. Uh, they would normally then travel, uh, you know, on Sunday night, normally travel out uh, on Sunday night to be at the location there. So Monday morning, you know, people can go to the client directly and typically staying there until Thursday evening. Because normally what you find in consulting is that you will work at the client's office Monday to Thursday, and then Friday is normally an office day, like a home office day, home in the sense that uh, you're based at your consulting office with the rest of your colleagues. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's normally how it's structured. So it's like four days on site, one day is off. This is more typical for external consulting, but that seems to be the, the structure. Also with the in-house firms, this is roughly speaking the, the structure. So on Friday could be, uh, you know, things that are happening in terms of training or, uh, you know, town hall meetings or general office meetings uh, that are taking place and it's also a way to kind of bring everyone together and uh, create this kind of a team environment and organizational uh, you know people being together i can imagine that uh, companies try to avoid uh, that every new employee invents the fire again and again are there any kind of resources uh, that you have available only because you are in any specific organization yeah, so I would say that the uh, the strongest point for this information is always the assignment manager for the project. So this is the person that is uh, essentially managing the team and also working on content themselves, but managing the team and uh, overall responsible for the project itself, both to the project partner, but also to you know normally engaging with a client uh, on some level, right? So that is the key person. And what you find is that the knowledge and experience is there and the methodologies and frameworks are there, but it's very much on-the-job uh, knowledge that gets shared and also gets passed down from uh, you know, your the senior people, so your partners and uh, you know everyone in the structure who's been there the longest time. They can give this input or make these suggestions. The assignment manager as well, because they would normally already be at six-year you know, six mark in a consulting career so they have a lot of experience uh, and then also if you have any good ideas that you learn the business school or from internships or from previous jobs or your own creativity you know you can bring to the table so i would say it's much more flexible in this sense that there's no uh, fixed rules necessarily or how to do things it's left much more to the teams and to the individuals so that's also quite nice is that in consulting you actually get this flexibility to be able to do that, you know, that you can use your knowledge and experience and apply it in the, in a way that works. And if it works, then it's perfect. And uh, what about your uh, 
personal life. I mean, do you have time to go to the gym, be at home with your partner, wife, uh, kids, whatever your family looks like? And what about weekends as well? Right. So I would say in consulting in general, uh, you know, the colleagues that have the need to travel, uh, you know, more so with the external firms, uh, you know, they're, they're away from home, you know, Monday to Thursday. So that one is uh, is quite challenging. So it's very, very much working on the road uh, and the life on the road, you know. So that's uh, also for people who are in an MBA program, something to think about, you know. It's knowing that, okay, if you really want a job in consulting, this is fine, this is great. But you need to think broadly, you know, about the work-life balance and the setup and um, can it work for you you know is it feasible um, can it work for you and it can i mean it can work for families it can work obviously for single people as well uh, it just depends on you know your own personal situation and what are you prepared to do and uh, can you put things in place can you prepare uh, or structure your life you know in a certain way having expectations with a partner that this can work so you know then in terms of the different consulting firms, it'll then just depend on how much you travel and how late you need to work, right? So that's the difference that we've covered, you know, between maybe the internal and the external. So very much, uh, you know, the thing is now with uh, consulting, what you find is that there's also the, f the flexibility of the job that comes into uh, effect. So there's definitely the opportunity, you know, in the mornings or in the evenings, to do uh, personal activities like going to the gym or doing sports and so on. And then uh, if you have something to work on or tasks to complete that you can come back to it, you know? So it's very much about uh, you have the flexibility of the time, you know, and uh, in each team you can set up this flexibility and really make it work uh, for you, you know? So that's, that can be done. And I think a big part of that for those, um, you know, MBAs that have partners or families it's also about expectation, like I mentioned. So if you really want to pursue a goal uh, or pursue a career in recruiting, uh, sorry, if you want to pursue uh, a career in consulting, you would need to, uh, you know, go back and also discuss with them, you know, and, and given the company you're going to work for, they would tell you what is the travel expectation and alumni or current employees would tell you typically this is the, the working hours, right? And you would need to have that conversation, I would say, uh, you know, before you, you know, engage in the recruiting before you engage in the, the job offers, you know, because if you have this in place, it really doesn't need to be a, a problem at all. You know, it's a very rewarding career and uh, it, it works, it can work very well, but you need to have this understanding in place. Of course, if someone, uh, if your partner just wants you to work from nine to five and strictly five o'clock leave the office uh, and not travel ever, it's going to be a bit quite difficult to work uh, in consulting, I would say. It would make more sense to going to a, you know, a functional role in a corporate company. Uh, and even there, I think sometimes people are working later hours, but that's more the exception, I would say. So that for me is the key. I would advise people is to say, you know, do the research of the company you're interested in, get a realistic view of the travel and the working time requirements and the, the practice, you know, practically what people are actually doing in that office. And you can ask to talk to people or reach out to alumni and they'll, they'll tell you. And that would be the best way. You know, and then from there, like I say, I think that yes, compared to other jobs, because of the remote working, you have that flexibility that you can leverage, uh, and uh, you can cover everything. In terms of your question on the weekend, uh, it's not typical. Uh, it's not happening in my experience to work on the weekend. 
but I have heard of colleagues um, who've come from external consulting firms that on certain projects, because of the, the timeline constraints, uh, and maybe some projects or some client situations were in a crisis mode that there was kind of like a seven uh, seven day working uh, mode. I, I, I would think cool. But anytime you're on a project, uh, you know, with certain companies, depending on what they've agreed, it may happen. I have heard of it happening. It doesn't happen normally in internal consulting ever, but certainly with external consulting, it's uh, I believe it's a possibility, but it's not typical. And uh, you mentioned that, okay, uh, the life changes uh, week after week, right? But how long does a typical project uh, last? Yeah, so a project could be anywhere from at the low end three months, which is really the shortest, very focused uh, project, you know, up to one year uh, at the most, you know, and the one year would be more of a program, uh, you know, something that you, you're working, it is a project, but it's it's taking longer, maybe there's more people involved or there's multiple phases uh, involved and maybe the scale is large, so it could be up to uh, one year. Any example that you can share of uh, projects you did in the past? Yeah, so projects that I've worked on, uh, I worked on uh, as from as an external consultant to a medical device company in the US, and that was quite interesting. So this was assisting them with market entry for an innovative product um, that they were going to launch, and it was uh, the mission that we were given was firstly is to understand the current market landscape. So who are the, uh, the you know who are the incumbent? Who is the incumbent? Who are the main competitors? of the company, of the product, uh, and, you know, put the, the, you know, kind of do a SWOT analysis. So we decided to do a strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats uh, kind of analysis for the project launch, given the current market situation. And uh, the second part of the project was also to then get the view of the main users and customers of this uh, product. And uh, that involved doing, uh, preparing, and also doing interviews with uh, with experts and also with the customers and users of the product to uh, to get their views to understand their their preferences their concerns and uh, we did that and all of this information would then be used uh, by the product team and, and by the marketing department to uh, customize and, and set you know the communication and the approach for how this product would be launched uh, into the market so that was a very interesting project uh, interesting. Okay, Oresis, I, I think uh, we covered much of we wanted for this first episode of the series. Can you talk a little bit what we will cover in the next episodes? Yes. So in the next episodes, uh, we will be looking at, you know, specifically the recruiting uh, advice and recruiting tips for MBAs, master students, you know, business school students. Uh, and we're going to have a great deep dive uh, on these topics, you know, so this is then coming from uh, for myself as as an MBA uh, alumni, as an alumni of a master program, as someone who was recruiting into trying to recruit into internships, into MBA uh, projects, uh, into full time role, uh, you know, and also now being in the full time role itself, also then as an alumni speaking to to a lot of students, so. Um, I've had the privilege of having gone to two great schools in two different countries and uh, also from the career centers, you know, from observing what worked, what didn't work, 
uh, there's really a lot that we can share both in terms of best practices and also do's and don'ts and, and some uh, you know some tips on what can work well for you because you know the recruiting process whether it's internship or full-time from the business school is a, is a critical thing that you have to you have to get right yeah so for most people coming into business school that is the number one goal yes you want to have a good program and a good MBA experience or master experience but ultimately you also want to you know launch your career and have a, a great career uh, after graduation right so the uh, topics that we will cover uh, will firstly be researching companies so researching industries companies roles what makes sense for you what works for you what do you want to do but also what makes sense for you in terms of the fit in terms of your chances of being recruited your your goal of being recruited yes you might want to have a career change and we'll talk about that but also how do you know where you will be uh, a good fit from a recruitment perspective that companies will look at your profile and you would have you know higher probability of being recruited and that's a, a key thing we need to talk about the second topic will be networking and this is also something it's really important to know how to do is how do you network with people how do you um, leverage the alumni network that's so heavily sold by business schools uh, and what can alumni offer you what can't they do for you how can they help you so that's also a key question to answer because it's something that you can spend a lot of time on in in a, in a, a business school program and it's easy to get it wrong but if you get it right the payoff is huge so the networking is important we will then look at cv cover letter and applying for jobs right and uh, that's also a key skill i mean that's how you most times you contact in companies even if you have a, a reference or a contact they will always ask you to submit an application submit your cv or resume and cover letter and the way you do this application the way you prepare for it the content of it uh, how you submit the timing of it all of those things are critical things to know about so we will talk about this and then uh, from there we'll go to the next uh, episode will be on the interview preparation interview preparation is is absolutely critical right so how you prepare what you prepare what are the different methods that work what are the different uh, interviewing techniques that are out there and also interviewing modes that companies use and i've also experienced the whole range uh, of these so we'll talk about the different audiences the different industries and the different interviewing methodologies that they use and give you some tips on that and then finally uh, we'll end the series with uh, you know actually receiving an offer so how do you receive an offer when you when you get to that point there's a way a good way and a right way to receive an offer and also a very wrong way potentially and also how do you understand the offer that you've been given and understand how it compares to the market to uh, what you know other companies are offering and uh, being able to have an informed and a constructive discussion uh, with a company around the offer because you know going to a business school into an MBA program it's a huge investment uh, very often it's a big risk uh, on yourself personally you might have left your home country or your job and a very nice career a good career uh, to come to the business school so of course uh, you would want to you know go into the right role and have the you know the right uh, concept or configuration of the job uh, that you're going to go into and you also want to be happy about the job uh, that you're going to start post MBA that you, you're looking forward to that you're motivated to start and a big part of that is how do you receive and discuss the offer uh, with the company 
So that will be the the last topic we'll cover there. That's great. So I think uh, we covered it all for uh, today. Orestes, thank you very much for your time, for your insights, and uh, see you next episode. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, very nice uh, discussing today, uh, Andres. And if uh, any of the listeners would like to reach out, you can find me on LinkedIn, Orestes Peristeris. You know, feel free to uh, send a connect request or, or drop a message. Uh, also, if they have anyone has any feedback uh, or further questions, you're welcome to reach out there. Yeah, and be sure to make your comments also at mba at optness.com. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining for this episode of the MBA Talk podcast, a podcast brought to you by Optness Institute. You can find all notes for this episode, as well as subscribe for future episodes at opness.com slash MBA Talk. That's O-P-T-N-E-S-S dot com slash MBA Talk. And if you are enjoying the show or have any comments, topics, or guest suggestions, I love if you shoot me an email. My name is Andres, and you can write me to mbatalk at opness.com. With that, thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.